The following program is sponsored by Fairly Spiritual on KCIS. Hey everyone, this is Dr. Doug Birch, and you're listening to The Fairly Spiritual Show. Here's a great quote from Mr. Rogers, who happened to be an ordained minister. Discovering the truth about ourselves is a lifetime work, but it's worth the effort. Anything that's human is mentionable, and anything that is mentionable can be more manageable. When we talk about our feelings, they become less overwhelming, less upsetting, and less scary. On today's show, we're going to talk about how to be safe people, where others can mention what's really going on in their lives to us, and we can be a safe person to listen on today's Fairly Spiritual Show. It's Doug Bursch here, and you're listening to The Fairly Spiritual Show. So glad you could join me. How you doing? Making it? I celebrated my birthday this week. Uh, Well, thank you. Thank you for the birthday wishes. Uh, So I turned 48. I asked my wife how old I am, and uh, when she told me, I thought she was joking. I just, for a second, that number just seemed ridiculous. But, you know, when it comes to birthdays, you know how this is. You never get sympathy from anyone. People who are older than you say, that ain't old, and people who are younger than you just don't understand how truly old that is. But anyway, uh, made it through a birthday, and I'm so glad to be with you. I was thinking about this, though, uh, the whole wishing people happy birthday. Uh, what's that about? Why do, why do we all have to say happy birthday? I mean, I do it too, so don't feel judged, but I think it's because of that birthday song, right? Happy birthday to you, just in case you didn't know what the birthday song is. That seems to be the reason we do it. If that song had been written, joyous birthday to you, would we all be saying joyous birthday? So basically, we're all just controlled by that birthday song. Uh, So I don't know. As far as I'm concerned, maybe in the next 10, 20 years, we could broaden that out a little bit because not every birthday is happy. Sometimes it's like, eh, birthday to you, and that's good enough. But anyway, uh, I appreciate all the... (laughs) By what, by the way, it seems like I appreciate this, but no, I really do appreciate all the birthday well wishes. Uh, on today's show, we're going to talk about being safe people, how to be a safe person, to allow people to to mention what's actually going on in their life. Uh, to I, I gave a Mister Rogers quote, which I'll I'll, I'll quote again because Mister Rogers is worth quoting twice. Uh, there's been a lot of good press about him the last couple of years, and that's good. I'm glad. I'm glad no one tore down Mr. Rogers. It's nice that something from my childhood can stand. So that's cool. Uh, but before we get into that, just if you want to text the show, here's a number, 360-818-4513. That's 360-818-4513. Uh, here's something a little funny. I told the station that I was only going to be on through January because I just didn't have enough money to continue on. I had some donors give. So I told them I'm going to be on in February, but I don't know. Like, I think I got that word to them. So if this is on, that means the word got to them and you're listening to the show and the show is still on in February. If you're not listening, I'm just doing a show to myself and this is really an odd way uh, to come become aware of that. But anyway, if you're listening, thanks for supporting the show. We need your support. We're like month to month. That's how we roll around here. 
So you can go to fairlyspiritual.org to donate uh, to keep this well-oiled machine running. So uh, again, text the show, 360-818-4513, and you can go to fairlyspiritual.org to donate. So let's just get into this. Uh, Being a safe person. Now, I've been pastoring Evergreen Foursquare Church for 21 years. It's the only church that I've pastored. And uh, I've just learned some things over time being a pastor, and I want to share these with you. These are uh, just a list of things that I wrote down uh, that I think is important if you want to be safe. Um, Mr. Rogers had several quotes like this, but this is one that I found. He said, uh, discovering the truth about ourselves is a lifetime work, but it's worth the effort. Anything that's human is mentionable, and anything that is mentionable can be more manageable. Uh, when we talk about our feelings, they become less overwhelming, less upsetting, and less scary. So one of his big uh, issues, and there's other quotes about this, where he said he wanted to let feelings be mentionable, that you can mention your feelings, which in our culture, we're a little bit more like, well, that's normal. But even in, let's say, the time that Mr. Rogers grew up in, or Fred Rogers grew up in, I'm just going to call him Mr. Rogers, uh, it, it was even, you just didn't mention your feelings. You didn't mention if you were sad, you didn't, and even for men, there was a level of certain emotions that you did not mention. And one of his crusades was just to get humans, and kids in particular, to feel safe to mention what is going on in the interior life. And the assumption was that if they can mention it out loud, it'll be better. And I I think there's a strong spiritual principle for this, and we know uh, Mr. Rogers was an ordained minister, but we're created for community, right? We're called to be in community. It's not good for man to be alone. It's not good to be in isolation. Not good to be isolated in our thoughts. I think it's even why the scripture tells us to confess our sins one to another. It's not so other people can say, well, you're a terrible person. But one of the things about sin is sin isolates us as well, right? We're in isolation with our sins, and the sin might be bad. But what's even worse sometimes is the sin isolates us from others. We're struggling with something. We don't share it with anyone else. It keeps that part of our life separate from everyone else. Uh, When we confess it, we bring our lives into community. It's amazing what kind of perspective we can have besides just forgiveness and healing and restoration. Uh, There's just some powerful things that happen when you confess one to another. You know this as well. There's been times when, let's say, you're very anxious about something and you finally share it with someone and you realize it doesn't have the kind of power that you thought it would. Now, sometimes it does get worse. I'm not saying. Sometimes someone gets really upset, and that's why we're doing this show, to talk about how to be a safe person. But I've found that sometimes for me, there's a paranoia that seeks in. I'm like, ah, oh, I can't share this with anyone. They, they must feel the same way I feel. And if I share this, I'll make them feel as bad as I feel. But when I go to safe people or mature people, and I share with them my anxieties or my fears, they actually give me a better perspective, and I often feel safer. Sometimes the problems don't seem as big as they used to, or I just realize, man, I've really been in a cave or in a hole or in a pit all by myself, and now that I've actually shared this thing, I realize it's not as big of an issue as I thought it was, or I realize this is a big issue, but I have people around me that are willing to help me if I need help. And even though I don't think I need help or I want help, it's so good just to know that they're there. So that's what we're going to talk about, how to be a safe person so people can mention the things that they don't want to mention or don't know how to mention. Okay, so I just kind of have a list of things here. Number one, and I'm not going to enumerate them because I stopped numbering down the the way, but this is the first one. Uh, When people share your weaknesses with you, whether a friend 
or someone on social media shares a weakness or a struggle, avoid the temptation to give advice. And, and I see this happen all the time. We want to help people, and so we give advice. And I'll just give an example. I like to share on social media how I'm feeling, one, just to make feelings mentionable. But I notice this. If I share something uh, uh, about, you know, I'm feeling a little anxious today with uh, the move, like our church is going through this move, and my anxiety has just been really high, really up there. Just, just i got to tell you, it's been one of the most anxious times in my life. And so I'll share that, you know, on social media. I'll just say, Man, I've been I've been really anxious about this move with our church. We're going to a new building, set up, tear down. I, it's it's just kind of overwhelming me, and I, I know things are going to be okay, but honestly, it's just hard to get my mind to quiet down, and I'm just struggling. So when you do that, if someone's listening to that, they think of well, you know, when my mind is racing or when I'm struggling, this is what I do, or and and you want to help the person, right? So the tendency is to immediately give advice. But advice can be very alienating, and advice can immediately shut down someone's willingness to communicate. And often, advice, you don't get the whole picture. You don't understand what's going on. I would encourage you, before giving advice, or maybe just don't give advice, is listen and pray. Thank people for sharing. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. I appreciate you sharing that. I'll be praying for you. I'm going to talk as we go on here. There's other ways that you can enter into someone's life. There's certainly ways you can you can ask, you know, if there's anything you need and things like that. But unless you have a really strong relationship connection where the person has already asked you to give them advice, it is extremely dangerous. Or it just it shuts down the communication if you give advice. I know for me, it's it's very discouraging. If I just share something like, I'm feeling kind of depressed today, and people start saying, oh, you should take more of this, and you should do this, and you should go there, and you should do... Immediately, I, now I feel like I have to defend myself against all this advice. When it's healthy that I'm sharing my emotions, which brings me to the second point of... of here's This might sound really weird to some of you, but I believe people should go to counseling. I'm for counseling. I'm for a psychiatrist. I'm for uh, medicine to help people with depression and anxiety. I'm for all of that. Just as my arm can be wounded and I, I take, uh, you know, some people might need to take aspirin. Uh, they might need to take certain pain medications for permanent ailments in their body. The mind can have per permanent ailments uh, caused by either genetics or by what's been done to us where we need certain medicines. We need certain doctors' interventions. So I'm all for that. This is one of the things I've found, though is we want people to mention things, right? A healthy person does not suppress things. But I've noticed this, that sometimes when I will express my anxiety or struggling with depression, if I say something like, yeah, I've been feeling kind of depressed lately, someone who wants to help you immediately goes, well, you, well you, have you thought about going to counseling? Maybe you should go to counseling. Now, I know they're trying to help you. And yes, I think about counseling, and, and there are times in, in life where I, I, that, I'm not against that. But what that actually does to someone is you shut them down from talking. So this is what we do. Someone who's not sharing anything, who's just like, how are you doing? I'm doing great. We don't say, you need to go to counseling. We say, hey, I'm glad you're doing great. And we pat them on the back and we send them on their way. The person who expresses maybe on a regular basis, wow, I'm really struggling with this. And I've been questioning you know, my marriage and what's going on here. And that the person who's processing their inward life outwardly, we're like, boy, you sound like you're really in trouble. You need to go to counseling. You need to deal. 
there's a danger here that we actually say something to them that suppresses them communicating. We want to actually have a culture where people are expressing their emotions. And again, there certainly is a place uh, to say, hey, counseling has worked for me, to share your testimony, to share your story. But when we do that, we actually shut people down. And I know some of you might not understand this, but you can actually shut someone down because you want someone to mention their emotional life. You want them to, in fact, not everybody's going to go to counseling, right? Even financially, you know, counseling is a privilege. Like people have a certain amount of money can do it. Those who don't, it's very hard. It's very costly. I wish everyone could, but they can't. And so for that person, they might need to just mention things. And every time they mention something, if you say, you need to go to counseling, they're not going to mention stuff to you. So maybe once, you know, you get you get that in like, hey, you know, counseling was good for me, might be good for you. But the biggest thing is you want to listen. You want to allow them to mention things and to share things, not to have them suppress things. You can ask them things like, do you need any help? You can ask them, you know, how are you dealing with that? You know, they'll share something. How, how are you dealing with that? You can let them know where you stand on something like, how you feel about something, but giving someone advice, immediately telling them what to do or telling them where to go or telling them what they need can shut down authenticity, can shut down them mentioning things. Now, if anyone right now is feeling judged or condemned because you might've done that, please, that's, that's not my heart here. You know, our motivations, if your motivation is pure, you know, we, we're trying our best, but these are some things that I've learned even through my own failings and mistakes over time. So if this works for you, that's great. I'm talking in general ways. If you and I were talking one-on-one, -on -one, it'd be different because it'd be relational depending upon what your needs are. But these are general statements, things that I found to be true. Here's another thing I have if you want to be a safe person. Be careful uh, that you don't assume that you understand. I know that some of us want to connect with people by saying, oh, I, I, I went through something like that, right? Someone shares a heartache, like, you know, they tell you, for instance, they'll say their spouse, like my, my spouse, you know, is, is cold and distant. And, and then you, you want to connect, right? You, you want them to know they're not alone. You know, you care about that person. So then you share your own story. Oh, I, I know what that's like. And then you share a story to try to empathize, to try to sympathize. And I know there's a difference between sympathy and empathy, but whatever, you're, you're, you're trying to show them that they're not alone and that you understand what they're going through. I want to encourage you to be really careful not to say you understand because the reality is you probably don't. We are so different that we probably don't. And even if you do, that might not comfort them because they'll probably still think, nah, you don't. You don't understand. I know it's incredibly hard when I will share something and, and I'll share my thoughts on something. And then someone comes along and says, oh, I understand what that is. And then they tell me their life. And, and as they're talking to me, I realize this person doesn't understand me at all. And they think they understand me. And now they're sharing something completely different. And what you feel like is you just feel more alone. You were alone when you had the thought to yourself. And then you mention it. You mention, okay, I'm just going to share this with someone. You know, right now I'm feeling like, let's say, I feel like quitting the pastor. There's one as a pastor could do. Pastors feel like quitting. I don't know if you know that. They do. Uh, by the way, I'm not feeling like quitting today, but some days I feel like that, right? So if you share that and go, I feel like quitting, and, and someone goes, oh, I know how you're feeling, and then they share their thing. 
And if they don't connect with you, but say, oh, I know how you're feeling, then you feel even more isolated. And you feel like, I wish I hadn't even shared this because it was one thing to feel isolated alone, not sharing this. But now that I shared it with you and you're telling me you understand and you don't understand anything and you're giving me all this advice and perspective and acting like we're together. And I don't even have time to tell you how you don't understand because that's just going to be awkward to say, I don't want to get in an argument with you about how you're trying to encourage me by telling me you understand when you don't remotely understand my life. And this is very important. Uh, There's people you have friends who have severe depression. And if you don't have severe depression, you just don't understand. There's friends who have severe anxiety. And if you don't have severe anxiety, you don't understand. There's friends with suicidal thoughts. And if you don't have suicidal thoughts, you, you don't understand. And it's important for us to say that. And it's not abandonment to say, I don't really understand what you're going through. I can't pretend to understand. I want to. I'm trying to. I know God understands. I know God knows. I know God cares. And I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I, I care and I'm trying to understand, but I can't pretend to know the pain you're going through. I can't pretend to know. But I'm with you and I'm here and I want to hear you talk and I want to listen and I want to know better and I truly do want to serve you. That's, that's my goal. My goal is to serve you. You can always share the goal. Here's, here's another. I just want to rapid fire in some of these, and this might seem incomplete, but I think this will help some people. How to be a safe person so that people can mention what they're going through. Uh, some people say, well, what about correction? You know, sometimes it's not about safety. I have to confront somebody. You know, they're in a wrong place. They're in a place where they need help, and I can't wait for them to ask for help. I need to give them help. Well, that that's true. There's sometimes you got to give help to people when they don't want help. But in that case, I'd ask you to look at your motivations. And so if somebody is saying something or doing something that's troubling, and as a pastor, that's part of my ministry, right? I'll just see people in the church, in my life, where they're doing something, I know where that's going to lead. Like, that's going to lead to a divorce. That That's going to lead to their kids hating them. That's going to lead to them uh, walking away from their faith. That's going to lead to some destruction, right? So how do I confront this? The first thing I have to look at is my motivation. And this is a big one for me. Why am I responding to this person? Because usually there'll be an event in the moment. They're, they say something or do something, and immediately I want to respond. You know, I'm just going to tell it like it is. I have to say, am I responding because I'm hurt by what they just said? Am I responding because I'm anxious about what they've just said or done? That I'm frustrated? That I'm fearful? Those are not good motivations. Or am I responding because of their need? Is it truly based from the love of Christ that I see a need and I'm responding based on their need. That's a big one because I can justify what I'm saying based on, well, these are right things and true things, but the reason I'm giving this statement about what they should do is not really based on them, but based on I'm afraid or I'm anxious or I'm fearful, or at least I need to give that motivation to say the reason I'm talking is not really about you, but I'm just really afraid and not pretend that I'm really doing this for them. I'm doing it for me. And maybe that's part of my friendship, just to say, hey, I'm just afraid of what's going on with you, and I don't know if this is right or wrong, but this is how I'm feeling, and I need to mention my feelings. Instead of, you know, coming down from God's holy mountain and saying, you need to do this, and you need to do that. Well, we have to be really careful why we're doing what we're doing. And here's a great thing for me. This helps me. Whenever I feel like I need to bring correction or I need to confront something, I ask myself this question, have I been praying for this person? 
And if I haven't been praying for them, then I think I need to wait on this correction. I just think it's important. Like, okay, like I see something really troubling happen in front of me. And I just, you know, I'm going to wait. And I'm going to pray for them this week. Because it's amazing when you pray, then you start dealing with all those motivations. You know, what's going on in my heart? Why does this bother me? Do I really have God's heart for this individual? Is it about me caring for them and loving them? Or is it about the frustration they're bringing me? And as I pray for that individual and read scripture and meditate upon things, not meditate on how I'm going to confront them and what I'm going to say, but just meditate on loving them and bringing them before the Lord, it helps my perspective on why I might be responding or if I should respond. Here's a few other things how to be a safe person. Um, If you do give feedback to someone, if you do tell someone something, always let them respond to you. Invite a response. And I'm going to say this for my my Pentecostal, spirit-led, discernment, prophetic people out there who come up to people and say, you know, the Lord gave me a word for you. If that's how you are, you owe it to every person you come to that after you've done that, you say, I want to know what you think. And I, I'm okay if you disagree, and I'm not going to get upset. Did, did, did I miss the boat here? Am I doing this wrong? Did that help or hurt? I want to know, and I'll follow your lead. And if what I'm doing is not helping, I'll stop. And if what I just did was wrong, I'll repent. I'm trying my best here, but if that didn't help you, I need to know that so I can do better. But we can't just go to someone and say, this is what the Lord wants from you, and this is what you should do, and this turn the other way and just leave it on them. Or give our big long lecture and walk out of the room. We must be open for people to respond. Are we safe for people to respond to us? Can people come back to us and say, hey, I didn't like that. I didn't appreciate that. Now, some people won't, and it's not about us. They won't tell you how they feel. They won't tell you if they're hurt, even if you ask them to. But we need to try to allow a space for people to respond. Here's another huge one. A way to be a safe person is to listen. Less talking, more listening. And listening requires we just ask the questions, you know, how you doing, and listen. Again, when you listen, instead of give advice, instead of try to, well, this is what's going on in my life, and share your story, just listen. Ask questions that lead to more discussion from them. How are you doing? How does it make you feel? What do you think you're going to do about that? Not, what are you going to do about that? But, you know, what, what are your thoughts on that? Do you feel like God's leading in any, in any way to deal with that? How can I support you? Just questions. And you'll see the questions that the person wants to answer and the questions that don't feel good, and you listen. You don't just listen for their words. You listen for their attitude. And if, if, you, if there's causing tension or stress, you listen. I learned this as a talk show host. I like to talk, but I didn't like to listen. And when I started interviewing guests, I realized it's a lot more about listening than talking. You can be a safe person if you just ask questions and listen. It's not my job to give advice. It's just to give someone an environment where they can mention how they're doing. They can mention their feelings. If you could just do that with your people closest to you, your wife, your kids, your friends, your coworkers, where you're a safe person for them to mention their feelings and to feel safe and respected and loved, that's a huge thing. And the last one here is we just need grace for all involved. You know, we're all going to fail. 
So just share your motivations. You can say, I, I know I failed. I know I did it wrong. I know I, I'm trying to support you. Forgive me. Or if someone gets upset at you because you're doing it wrong, you forgive them. That we don't understand. That, that we don't have all knowledge. That we're not going to do this perfect. That it's not a list of rules. Like I just gave a bunch of things you can do. We're going to fail at these things. It's not a math equation. But our goal is truly to be safe people. And ultimately to be safe people, we need to facilitate climates of grace and love. And that means to welcome the presence of God, to pray and say, Lord, would you come? Would you minister your presence? Would you reveal what you want to do in this situation? And as you make room for the presence of God, God shows you how to abide in that moment. Are you a safe person? Are you a safe person in your closest relationships? Are you a safe person at work? Are you a safe person online? Can people trust you with their feelings? Can they mention what's going on inside in front of you? And does it bring healing and hope to them? These are important questions to look at as we all do our best to try to be facilitating people who bring people closer to God, closer to the love and truth of God. Hey, thanks for listening. Love you. Uh, you can text me 360-818-4513 or go to fairlyspiritual.org to donate. Fairlyspiritual.org. I will see you next time. Make room for the Lord. He knows you by name. Proceeding broadcast was sponsored by Fairly Spiritual. When you write or call this program, be sure to mention you heard it on KCIS.